I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, uh, you haven't told us lately, but what is uh, what's the latest on your your treasure hunting show? Because yeah. you were, you told us a while back that y'all had filmed some stuff, but we hadn't heard about it a while. We did. We filmed it, and it was a skeleton crew. There's absolutely it's it's unscripted it's not a documentary but it's basically what are y'all doing yeah can we follow along it it's it had that that vibe to it so today they've been editing it for i guess a couple of weeks so i'll i'm leaving here and i'll watch it the first cut you know in the in the hollywood world they have i don't know what they're all called but i think this is called the rough cut and so I'll give you a report next podcast on whether it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> well, it's hard for me. If someone's filming you, it's hard to know how this is coming across. Cause I was into finding treasure, which we found some, some cool stuff, but a part of me, you know, a lot of our fans and, and you know, our unashamed nation is responsible for some of this. They had this idea of us doing the show, and they're like, yeah, we wish y'all could be on, back on TV. But to me, you got to remember, I mean, it's kind of like I'm an LSU fan. I like watching football games on TV. And for the last few months, I couldn't wait to see LSU football. Well, then in their first game – they lost and so and got strapped well all of a sudden you know i was thinking about our show people are like boy we can't wait till you get back on tv but i'm like well what if you see it and you're like oh boy you lost that one (laughs) (laughs) what if it's just not very good Yeah, yeah it's just you know you don't see a lot of people who have a reality show make a comeback, you know. So I, I'm not I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not sure how that came across, but that you know, there's a lot there there's not a lot of metal detecting shows, I don't believe, out there in T V land or is it? I don't watch T V. I have no idea. There was two guys yeah. that they were they were on some I can't remember what the name of the show is. You may remember, uh, Josh, the guy behind the wall here. But they literally have spent nine episodes after the same treasure, and they still haven't found it. Nine, I mean, not nine, nine seasons. They're trying to find some lost treasure, and they're digging. I've never watched the show. But I thought, you know, how, how many seasons can you go without finding what you're looking for? I mean, we find some stuff. Yeah. At some point, if you don't find some, it's a little bit of a letdown. Remember Geraldo Rivera, like 30 years ago, he had this big you know, show, and this is going to be amazing. We found an old safe that belonged to Al Capone, and, and we're going to open it on live television, and nobody knows what's in it. We haven't looked at it. Nobody knows, but we know there's going to be something in there, and they opened it up, and, that, and it was just like three or four little things that, had no value at all. It was just, it was like all this buildup, huge ratings, people watched it. It was like, meh, you know, it just, you got to have something. But they they watched it. But I guess that was a one hit wonder. So like the difference in us and I mean, LSU's going to keep playing football and I'm going to keep watching it. But this here, if this didn't go well, you will never see it. It, They'll say (laughs) no. And so then I'll have to come on and say, well, we tried. Well, but you know, the good thing, Jace, is the Unashamed Podcast is always a place for you to tell us about your treasure hunt. So you, you always have an That's outlet true. to tell us what you found. So so Dad and I, so we had a kind of a, I don't know, it felt like a little bit of a deja vu experience for me. I don't know, but I want your take on it, Dad. So last week we, we did some filming for uh, what I think will wind up being an infomercial for Omega XL, which is a product that uh, advertises on our podcast. And of course, dad takes it, I take it, side takes it. We, you know, we believe in this product. 
And so we did filming for, for them and they brought and the owners of the company came down and we filmed some stuff with them. But it was, I don't know, it just was surreal, Jace, because like there's a big film crew there. There's people running around. They've got the food out. You know, they got the oh, yeah. places for hair and makeup. And then you had the, we had their call times. You know, you had to be at a certain place. And then you get there and then you wait for an hour while they're, you know, setting everything up. So it just, it reminded me, it was just like we were back doing the show again. Because yeah. for so many years, that was our life every single day. And so it was only two days. But at the end of it, I was thinking, man, I, Part of part of what I really enjoy now about life is not having to do that every day. It was. What yeah, do you I'm, think, Dad? I mean, I. I <coughs> <coughs> well, <laughs> this ought to be. Fun. All I know for sure is uh, that when, usually when I pick up trailers, like the willow trailers, we haul the willows on on the back of a four. Willows are small trees used for brush. That's right. Well, usually, <laughs> and, but, but if I'm back there for whatever reason and I'm lifting up on the trailer, it's it. You don't have the the, the wind up deal. It's just the trailer with whatever's on it. And well, you go ah ah. Yeah, that's right. And I had a pain in the lower back yeah, the next day. So did they film this? So uh, so I, I I took about I've been taking two and two, which is uh four Omega XLs, but I did notice that this time around, I've had a lot of backaches from time to time. I say a lot, oh, two or three a year. Backache, reached down, tried to pick up something. Well, you get about 75 and you know, you, 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 your back aches, lower back pain. But I did notice with that Omega XL, Al, taking two and two, so four a day, I did notice the back healed up more quickly than it did before, I thought, you know, I said, they, they, it's, yeah. they, this muscle oil. So throughout the whole film, and this was going on just prior to that, Al. Every, every time that. you talk about your back hurting, I just flash back. We shared this story before in an earlier podcast, but when we were standing, there was we were trying to get a 50-pound sack of concrete across a board to the boat, but we were all standing there because the board was narrow, and it would sag as you would start to go across. And we were like trying to look for something else to put besides one tuba 12. And Phil looked at us planning a way to do it as weak. He said, hey, let me show you all how to do this. Because there was ice on the board. That was the other factor. And Phil grabbed that, that sack of concrete and took two steps and just his feet went to where his head was in less than a second. It's <laughs> a go wham. Of course, we said, are you okay? And then we laughed for five minutes. I got yeah. up because I just got through telling, let me show you boys how to do this. Yeah. When I busted it and there all, I look up at them when I just looked up and just to see what they were doing Well, they were, we were shaking. They were looking down fetal and shaking because they didn't want to laugh out loud. Yeah. But they enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> but, and I said then, guys, don't ever try what I just did. Don't do that. But I'm saying your back problems came from that one lick. Because it have. was a smash down. <laughs> With a 50-pound sack of concrete. Yeah. Oh, just looked like it broke every bone in his body. And then look, Si, when he stepped off that bulldozer that time, he had a brain cramp. Yeah. I mean, how high was that? Probably eight feet high. Or six Big or bulldozer, and he's up on the track, and he just... Well, he got out. He was running the bulldozer. Yeah. And we were, we pulled up, so he shut it down and was going to talk to us, but he stepped off like he was just taking a step without there being a six or eight foot drop off. And it, when he hit, it looked like... It just looked like his whole body was broken. Just slammed to the ground. He rolled over because we thought he's he's dead. Yeah, I thought, but boy. He just looked up and said, boys, watch that last step. It's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> and then how, how how much did everybody laugh after? Oh, I laugh, I'm still laughing about it. It actually, it wasn't his last step. It was his first step. He just but he said up. last step. He But he took one step off the dozer and, and just Six crashed. feet to the bottom. He just why, is it, why is it so funny when somebody busts it like that? I mean, and it, and no matter who it is, it's always funny. It's always funny. I, if I don't, they don't, I if don't they're know. not badly injured, it's funny. Yeah. 
I mean, you <laughs> kind of right. assess once he, because first you're in shock that he would do that. And then you see him moving and you think, oh, he's going to make it. And then when he said that, oh, I lost it. But look, I, I've even done it myself. Like when I was coming out of mom and dad's house on their, their steps there, they stay wet sometimes. And so I guess mold grows there where it makes it slick, you know, during the rain. Or maybe it's something coming out of the wood. I don't know. But, you know, Dan has put like strips on there to try to keep. But I, I hit that top step and it was raining. And it was just like what Jace described. I remember seeing my feet in front of me, which is never good because we're fixing to go down. I bounced twice. I wound up just in a heap at the bottom of the steps. So for a second, I just had to like assess my, you know, where, where am I at here? And then I kind of, well, like, is anything broken? Yeah, I kind of started moving a little bit. And then within five seconds of realizing I wasn't hurt bad, I just laid there and laughed at myself for <laughs> like three or four minutes, uncontrollable laughter. And then I walked back inside and I was like, boys, watch that first step outside. It's a doozy. And so then Jay and dad were in there and they were like, what happened? I told them, well, then they started laughing and I pulled my sleeve back on my arm and there were like three strips where my arm had hit on something and just scratched the hide off of this thing right here. I said, look, that's that's the results of what happened. And then we just laughed for 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, why is that so funny? But it, it is. I don't know. So I like it. So, so Jace, what, what just happened was, was a lot of the film shoot, like, cause I asked dad about what do you think about the filming? And then he did a commercial for Omega. So when we were actually doing the commercial, they'd say, okay, uh, Phil, you know, we want you to hit this line, you know, but you know, we're doing it in our own words, but they kind of, you know, they wanted you to hit a line just like we used to do in the show. And so dad would take off. Dad would say, well, you know, the Bible says, and he would run off on about a, <laughs> <laughs> about a 10 minute sermon on something and we're all just looking like okay we're ever going to get back to this you know omega's really yeah. helped me do this how are we going to get back there so i would get so tickled because dad's so used to doing in the woods where he just you know turn the cameras on yeah. and then he talks until he gets his point out and so it was kind of like that and so i was laughing the whole time because it was so funny of course since i was a part of it and you know how size going to be you know, he just he just turns on lights, camera, action, and he starts telling tales. But half so of it was, what it was really says, interesting. You don't know what he's talking about in real life, much less a camera. I tell people that all the time. You know, because they all nor, nor like, does he. Yeah, they're like his size crazy <laughs> as he seems. I'm like, it's way worse because they don't even run all the nonsensical stuff that nobody knows, including himself, what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, right. today he was. Kind of there, I understood most. But every once in a while, he starts talking. I mean, he did come up with the, you know, shooting the thirty teal in the, in the one volley, you know, himself. And yeah. I mean, it. I thought, okay, sir, si, you're. This is a little crazy, even, even for you. The, but I, we didn't have hair and makeup in our. We didn't. Of course, I remember. I'd I'd love to see the facial reactions of the hair and makeup people when they arrived and they saw you and Ty. Yeah. Cause I mean, what I would think they thought at that moment, I don't have the skill set for this. I just made it short and sweet. They said, are you ready for hair and makeup? I said, no. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> well, probably the they didn't work money. on, yeah, they didn't work on Cy. They didn't work on dad. No. Uh, they didn't work on me the first day, but we had a couple of new ones come in from somewhere the second day, and they they started trying to work on me some, and I was like, right, guys, I yeah, I'm really just. I good honestly to don't think anyone would notice if, I mean, no. who's gonna the way we look? No, he, there's no one gonna say, oh, beyond help. No, you saying <laughs> that that's an improvement? Yeah, that's no. right. Well, the women the women needed it or wanted it for sure. So it was, but anyway, it worked out good. Let's take a break. I guess you could say one of the things uh, most Robertson men have not had to worry too much about is losing your hair. Uh, we seem to be a hairy group. Dad, you still, I mean, you're 75, and you still got a pretty good head of hair on you, which is pretty amazing. Hey, it, Genetics, ha it right? happens. 
So a lot of people out there, of course, don't have that luxury and from an early age begin losing their hair, male pattern baldness. And so one of our sponsors, long-term sponsors, is a company called Keeps, K-E-E-P-S. And uh, what they do is they help you keep your hair, which is the basis of their company. They have more five-star reviews than any of their competitors. So that means that hundreds of thousands of guys have trusted them to be able to help them uh, keep their hair. So we want you to check these guys out. Uh, you go online, they're going to hook you up with a, a make sure everything's right for you, and then ship stuff right to your door, make it really easy. So it's keeps.com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order just because you're an unashamed listener. So that's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door, 50% off your first order and keep your hair. So let's go back. Uh, we've been talking about the um, the Sermon on the Mount, which I guess is one of the most, it's the first one Jesus did in Matthew, which makes it something, you know, of worth, obviously. But he's really just kind of setting the tone for what his whole three-year ministry is going to be about. And Dad made the point last time, he sets it up by doing all these miracles, which not only draws a crowd, because it's going to draw a crowd, especially people that have, sick people in their family and all that. But it's also going to draw a crowd because nobody could do what he was doing. That's you know, it. no matter where you stood yeah. in the the law and all that, you, you know, you, you, you had to be able to say, okay, there's something about this guy. And uh, I think that's why they were so perplexed throughout his whole ministry is because they had no explanation for what he did. But at the same time, they couldn't really buy what his message was because it was against everything they'd ever thought. So therein lies the tension, I think, of what happened. Plus to outline, you know, by the time we get to Matthew 16, he begins to, uh, a a saying, wordage. He said, we're going up to Jerusalem. They're going to turn me over to chief priests and teachers of the law, you know. And of course, then he, and he worked in that the Roman the Romans would be with him, and he said, uh, "I will die, be buried, in three days, raised from the dead." Well, if you if you just read that, and he said it over and over and over, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They they heard him say it. Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, it's not going to happen. But he said it over and over and over, and then they all record that's exactly what he did. There's a lot of power in that, because if you could do that, you better listen to what he has to say. Somebody pull Correct. that off. You better, you, better, yeah. you better go with what he said. In other words, his, his lifestyle and his predictions, and it came true, and it was brutal. He knew it was brutal. And he just stepped right into it. And his last words were, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's quite the story. I've never read one like this ever. No. And again, look at it from their perspective, Dad. So so they they knew about the Messiah. In fact, they were looking forward to the Messiah coming. And the Messiah was going to be this savior of Israel. He was going to be this prophet that established a kingdom and Israel would reign forever. But their view of that was just a person that came just like all the other prophets had come. So they knew he was going to be special. But then when he gets there and he's really nothing special in their time, and then he claims to not only be from God as the Messiah, but the son of God and God himself. In other words, he puts himself on the level of Yahweh, which they wouldn't even say that word or write that word. That's how how reverent they were towards the Father in heaven, Yahweh, the Almighty. And he's there talking to them, and they didn't buy the miracles. They didn't buy what he had to say on how to behave. They said, no, no. So no, no to what it was, the miracles. (laughs) And here's what's fixing to happen. This is the way you're supposed to behave in the kingdom of God. And by the way, I'm the king. And he looked up, and there was nobody there when he's hanging on the cross. I mean, you see what I'm yeah. saying? They all deserted exactly. 
And John mentioned, and the I think reason, it is in John, he said they still didn't understand from Scripture on what Jesus said about the resurrection. They, they, just, they, they just couldn't believe it. It's, right. it's an amazing well, story. It is. And Jesus made this point before. It also made no sense that you gained victory, eternal victory, by surrender, which is what he did. I mean, he came, yeah. God came here, became one of us, and then surrendered himself to death. And then, of course, surrendered himself to the grave. And so yeah, you're predicting your death and your resurrection. So it's easier for me to 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 uh, to grasp when he said in Matthew five over here about verse 36, 37 in there, 38. You've heard that it was said eye for eye and tooth for tooth. Just think about if he'd have been that kind of person. But I tell yep. you, don't resist an evil person because evil persons were fixing to take him where he said he was going. I'm going to die. Yep. Be buried and raised from the dead. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, they did that. do that to him. Turn to him the other. He did that also. If someone wants to yep. sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. He said, I'm getting ready to give my life with no complaints. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. If someone wants to borrow from you, give it to him. He was just saying, you don't want to jeopardize the, the plan that I've laid out long ago before the beginning of time. This is how the human race can be saved, the ones who will just say yes to me. I, I'll get you out of your life. It's amazing. And what he went through to pull that off. You you say, I've never read, read a story where, where it worked out like this. I've never read a story even close to this. You make a good point because even in that context of him describing to them, because they had a law set up for all these things, you know, you only when you were asked to do this, this was the legal requirement, and then you didn't have to go any further. So he's making the point that God wants you all in, but he you're right, by his own example, he went all in. I mean, yeah. that's why he is the ultimate fulfillment of the law. It's yeah. a good You've point. You've heard it said that love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven, because that's exactly what he did, Al. That's, that's <laughs> he did right. that. All of his enemies have surrounded him here. No help. You know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's, it is astounding. Well, I think, too, wasn't one it, thing. Wasn't it one, Romans 5 that says while we were enemies of the cross? That he died, he died for our sins. So you're right. I mean, he's the ultimate example. So what if he hadn't have brought these points up in your in the way we're to be? He said you're to be like me. This is what I was going to be like. And they were like, what? right. But but you, pre-death burial and resurrection, I could see how it would be far more difficult because I did notice that once they saw him standing there. After he died, three days later, and they're looking for him, and all of a sudden, he comes up and says, how about a few fish? Go get me something to eat. I'm hungry. I mean, from then on, Al, it took off like a rocket, and it went worldwide, and we're still hollering about it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Well, I was going to make the point that over and over, I heard someone say this in a sermon one time and and i thought it was a profound statement but over and over i think he's also introducing this idea that he keeps saying your father your father your father mm -hmm. your father in heaven your yep. father yep. well and in john and and other points when he talks about him he'll say my father but he's not saying our father. The only time he says our father is when he's teaching them how to pray, which is the next chapter in chapter six, when he said this then is how you should pray. But I think there he's talking about when you're, when you're together, you say our father. Well, the guy's point was, because he, he keeps saying it 
over and over and over. Like, I mean, if you look at 548, where it's like, as your heavenly father, you know, he says, your, uh, your father who sees what is in secret, that's in 6-3, or 6-1, it says it too, from your father in heaven. And the the guy in, the, in his sermon, his point was that he was laying the foundation that I'm the way to the father. You're, you're eventually, when, so like when it gets to John 14, it's like, well, how do we know the way? And where you had that famous statement where like, I'm the way to the father. Can, Which is why yeah. he was saying your father, my father, because he had a he was a special son of the father, cause, since he is God. Yep. And we're sons of God in that he gave us life, but we, since we rebelled by our choice, and we now have ashamed, to have a way. He's not ashamed to call us brothers. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was a good point because at this point, you don't realize or you're trying to figure out. Who he is exactly. That's correct. Because I thought right. you were from Galilee and you built houses. Now now you're yeah, claiming yeah, yeah. to be the son of God. Yeah. Well, he's your father? And and you're saying he's our father? I mean, well, you know, what does that hey, mean? Let's take a break. So on the Unashamed podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about preparing yourself for eternity, which is the most important thing. Could, would you both agree with that? Yes. That's the most important thing you could do is prepare for eternity. That's what we're here for. <laughs> a little slow there, but <laughs> I'm glad you're on board with that concept and idea. So one of the things that we do want to encourage people is to also take care of things on this side of planet Earth. And there are some things we need to look out for. One of our sponsors is a group called Trust and Will. And what they do is they help you set up estate planning making sure that you know you, your will is in place, you have guardians in case something happens for you. So you need to be ready for that. And you can go to trustandwill.com and have them be able to prepare you. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, determine where your stuff goes to, plan for future medical care, all the things that you need to do. So get the peace of mind, trustandwill.com slash Robertson. You're gonna get 10% off, plus free shipping of all your customized legal documents. So go now, trustandwill.com slash Robertson. Get 10% off plus free shipping. Just think about the, 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 uh, the uh, length and breadth of having the same father as Jesus Christ, Al. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting. I mean, just think he, but he's the one that made that happen. Yeah. But you know what's interesting, Jay's to your point, I had not thought about that, <clears throat> but that's really interesting. But you go to John 8, when we studied John, and it starts out, you know, that they said they believed him. But then later they said, Abraham is our father. And then Jesus told him, your father is the devil. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, what was yeah. interesting is one of the reasons why that they didn't have the same father is they really didn't have the same father. You know, yeah. they were saying one thing, but they didn't really believe what they were saying. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was a good point that someone noticed that because he was he has the special relationship with the father, obviously, which we, we know the other verses. But from their case, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what, what exactly you're claiming. And he's claiming that they have a father in heaven that loves them. Yep. And he's representing him. Yep. But but when he would refer to him in the personal, he would always say, my father, which I, I, I never noticed that before. He'd hmm. say, your father, my father, your father, my father, your father. That's why I said the only exception is when he was teaching them how to pray. But I think he was just saying when y'all get together and you say our father. Yep. Pretty cool. That's a good idea. So, so back to the text, and we we sort of covered it. You know, got us back up to where we left off last time because he uses law to show them that that's how you think you're going to make it. But I'm telling you, it, you you can't make it. You can't. Not only can you not keep the law, but your hearts aren't even right because th there was a greater intention. To the law. And that's why he says that I didn't come to abolish it. Wasn't anything wrong with it, but you can't keep it. And that's the point he's trying to make. One of the things we didn't, I, I just briefly mentioned it last time was he mentions about oaths in here about what you swear by. 
which was a common practice for them. But again, they were like trying to establish that they had a right to talk about something. So they had these customs where they would say, I swear by this, I swear by Moses. And, you know, it was more of a traditional thing that they would do. And he was saying, don't do that. See, he said, you know, don't, you don't need to do that. Like, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, you don't have to swear by something greater because ultimately I am what is greater is the point he's going to get to. But, you know, it's interesting because whenever I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, so I've always thought, you know, so I try not to make oaths either because I think, well, he really wants us to distrust in him and not try to swear by other things. But I had something interesting happen to me. And I think it really shows the context that this whole thing is about weakness. You said it last time, Dad, when you said I, I was in the mess. And I think that's the way all of us have to look at it. Like we can't do this outside of Christ because we're, we're, there's no way we can achieve or attain anything because we're weak people. We're, we're human beings. We're going to sin. We're going to fall short of God's glory. But whenever, whenever Lisa and I were split up years ago, uh, you know, my biggest issue was how, you know, I, I wanted to try to put it back together, but I didn't. How do you trust a person that has betrayed you and you don't see any pathway to really offer forgiveness because you're thinking that they're going to do it again and again. And so you're just, I was just stuck at this place and I was wrestling, you know, internally and wrestling with God over what to do. And so I, I prayed like out loud. I mean, I'm just like having these, you know, really tough conversations with God. And, and I was like, God, how, how can I trust her? I mean, I, I want to forgive her like you forgive me, but I, I mean, how do you trust me? And so I was just back and forth, you know, just this internal struggle. And I finally, it hit me one day. I said, you know what? I do trust in you, meaning our father. I trust you. And so I can only appeal to you to help me trust her. And so I made an oath, even though I know what Jesus said here, but I, I did this oath in weakness because I didn't know how I could do it myself. So I made an oath. I said, Father, if you will give me the strength to extend forgiveness to my wife, because I think she wants to be a different person. I think we can be something better. If you will extend that to me, to the strength to be able to do that, then I will not use what's happened to hurt her or to hurt us as we go forward. And, and I made an oath to, with, with the father and I didn't make it anywhere else. I didn't swear by anything, but I made an oath with him. And as I sit here, and that was 23 years ago, I've held my word and he's held his word. And we've, we've been strengthened every single year of our marriage. And so I look at this and I feel it's personal to me because I realize that sometimes out of weakness, you don't know where to go. And so in my case, I made an oath with the almighty and we made this deal together and we're still living it. So, you know, I, I don't know where that fits in the larger scheme other than to say, I think it applies to what Jesus is talking about here. We can't do this on our own. That's why we have to have Christ. I could have never. You probably can't make it willy nilly, willy nilly. You know, every time you look at right. you're making another oath. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Because it's the only one I've ever made other than the one I made to yep. be a follower of Jesus. So the point is, I think when you get to that last verse that Jace read last time at the end of chapter five, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, the only way we can ever achieve perfection is to be in Christ and his perfection then covers us. And that's the idea about covering. So I think that sums up his whole point that he was trying to get them to make. I, they didn't get it. And the reason we know they didn't get it is because these same people, Dad, you mentioned this earlier, even after he resurrected, these same teachers of the law and the people, they were still trying to fight the apostles who had seen the resurrection. They are still were denying it right on through the first century. They It never moved the needle. They just kind of came up with ways to try to cover it up. Yep. So that shows you how hard-hearted they were. Oh, I'm telling you. So let's take another break. So I think then it's going to shift gears, uh, Jesus does in his sermon. And what he's going to pick up in chapter six is if you if you did understand this concept, because some people obviously are going to get it because there's going to be the, the church and the kingdom's going to start. What would it look like? Um, what would a person look like when they had understood that they can't achieve it by law, 
but when they fully gave their heart to something, what would their life look like? And he kind of gave us the glimpse back when he did the Beatitudes. And so he's going to have four or five different things in this chapter that I think will will show exactly what he's talking about. And he starts it when he says in verse, go ahead. Well, don't you think also he then, because he said it's going to be a relational, what we've concluded with the father because then he has three illustrations really of how that happens because at the end of verse one of chapter six he says so well if you if i just read it, it says be careful not to do your acts of righteousness which are in quotation mark because right. they're their righteousness and not god's before right. men to be seen by them if you do you will have no reward from your father in heaven. And so then he goes on to say in verse four, so that you're, you know, give and, and God, your father who sees what is done in secret. Well, he repeats that with the prayer next and then with fasting. So it's like he's introduced this doing things out of a relationship with the father. And then he's given you three areas where that could be shown. Like you, who would think to go pray in your closet by yourself as a religious person? Well, only the person who really believes God is there and you're functioning in this faithful relationship that he's that he's real. Correct. Because, again, again, think about the context of the people. He, he's made the point that you can't attain righteousness by yourselves through keeping law. Now he's going to say, and these things you, you are doing that you think make you look righteous, that's not going to work either. Because you should do it because of relationship, not because you want to be seen as being able to do it on your own. And so he starts out with giving and he says, look, just help people. I mean, just give to people. It doesn't matter who knows you gave or who, who doesn't. It, is that If you did it to be seen, then you did it for the wrong reason. And, you know, we see that today. We'll see people brag about not necessarily in, in a church setting, but maybe just in a, you know, a, like a person who's out here who's a philanthropist that helps people. But they'll constantly be lauded and tell people everything they're doing and their foundation is doing. But they're doing it to maintain their own accolades instead of just doing it to help people. I mean, I see it all the time. It's like, yep. that's not going to achieve anything for you. You know, if, you, if you're, say you're a billionaire, we talked about Bezos. I'm sure he has a lot of money he gives away. But is that going to is that going to get him into heaven if he never surrendered no. his heart to Jesus? No. No. The only thing you can take to heaven is you. I mean, that's it. That If you think about it. Right. I mean that that's a profound that's a profound <laughs> thought, but it's like the only thing going is you. Period. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's about and it. And you know what's interesting it, throughout history, Jay's, you know, you go back to the Egyptians, so they would bury a pharaoh. They would all of his servants and the, his horses and everything he had, his chariot, they would have these big elaborate, you know, tombs and all these people they would go with him into the ground and he's dead so they've wrapped him up but then all these people had to die to to quote unquote go with him into the afterlife and they would put all this gold and treasure in there and so then we come along thousands of years later dig it up there's the mummified remains of of whatever was left there and all the stuff and it's still there it didn't go anywhere yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so still you're a saying his, his bodyguards had to die so they could go with him? Absolutely. Everybody well, in his entourage, they went with him. Well, we'd have less entourages if that was the way today. <laughs> I'm telling you. That'd be a tough gig. <laughs> you better try to keep this guy alive. <laughs> yeah. So I call my... My bodyguard, or you know, every once in a while I go to these places where I got to have somebody, you know, with some skill sets. I'm like, look, okay, I'm I'm fixing to move on. I need you to go ahead and make that track with me. Um, I mean, I guess they just did it out of loyalty or fear, because you can't really pay them at that point, right? No, it Unless was just understood some that kind of heavenly you know? currency that you're going to. 
I don't. I, I think at that point, I'm. I'm like, no, I'm out on this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's spoken as a free man, Jase. These yeah, people well, don't have a choice. Just, it, but but yeah. again, to to the point of what we're talking about here, without a true understanding of what heaven really would be like and God. This idea that somehow you're gonna you're gonna carry over your wealth and and you know everything you have as a person on the planet here to some other new realm, that was their idea mindset. The problem was they missed the whole thing because that's it never was about this earth or no. the stuff you have or or how many people work for you. No, I just meant though I would rather die escaping and attempting to escape and be part of it than just willfully. I mean, I at least would be shot in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoken like a free man. So anyway, he, so he starts out with giving. He shifts it to prayer, which is interesting because you mentioned this, uh, I think it was earlier, Jace, about the when he gets into the our father, when he kind of gives him the model but when he starts out, he says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they like to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street, um, you know, to be seen by men. And so I, I thought that was interesting. And I want to ask you about that because I know you've been to Israel. Hang on, let's take a, our last break. They were, they're still doing the exact same thing today. That's why I want to ask you about what, what does that look like? Because that's what they do, right? That's what they do. But you know, the, a lot of people who are doing that, they don't believe that where well, their Bibles are just, they stop at Malachi. So right. I guess they didn't read the sixth chapter in the fifth verse <laughs> of the. But don't you don't, find it interesting that 2000 years later, without reading Matthew 6, that they're still doing exactly what Jesus was describing what they were doing when he was there. I mean, the practice is still going on there. You've seen them, I've seen them before on TV, Dad, they're, they're, they got the, you know, the tassels and the stuff tied to them and their, their heads are bobbing up and down, they're walking around. And it's, it's really a thing about, I mean, look, I'm not, they're convicted in what they're doing, but I'm saying from a standpoint of just watching it, it's quite a show compared to just having a conversation with the Almighty. But I mean, even today, I mean, like when I was about 20 years old, I went, I was at some gig somewhere and they said, we're going to do some street preaching. I mean, and we were in New York. And so I did it. People just looked at me, just kind of dumbfounded, you know, and kept walking. But I think I realized in that moment, you know, I might have just shared Jesus with my friends that I have a relationship with. And not, not because of anything other than I just didn't think it worked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it and I, you know, after I've read this, I realized that a lot of people are going to put you in a box. I mean, I think my heart was pure in that moment. I was trying to share Jesus, but they, they just, they were familiar with this enough. And there's a lot of crazy people with signs walking around misrepresenting God. Yep. And so I just thought, I don't know, I think this is all about relationships. So I think if every mission-minded person in Jesus would take their group of friends and start there, it'd be amazing how many people would would hear Jesus and I think in a comfortable environment, you know. Even though you might be uncomfortable doing it, I mean, if you did it in love, I, I just, I like that method better than any other. Well, and he goes yeah. on to say in verse seven, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. He said, don't be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him, which is really interesting. In other words, he's saying, cause people get, we get a lot of requests by the way, from listeners they are like, how do, how do I pray? you know, effectively. And I mean, people still struggle with this concept, but I think his prayer is so powerful. The way he says, this is how you should pray because it's so simple. You know, look at what he says. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, you're, you're, we, we totally kneel in authority to you. Your name is above all, which of course 
you know, that's recognizing who he is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is his whole purpose of this whole section. He's introducing the kingdom and what that's going to look like. Give us today our daily bread. In other words, sustenance. We can pray for that. I mean, he's just, he does it simple. He says it on a daily basis because that's the way he lived. But it's just for, you know, basically take care of us while we're here. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So he brings in the concept of forgiveness, which is the ultimate spiritual act. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, which again is common to all men. And that's it. I mean, that's the prayer. And that's pretty simple. I mean, God is great. We love you. We want to do what you want us to do on this earth. Help us while we're here to feed our families and make a living. And more than anything, help us be people who are willing to forgive other people and keep the evil one away from us. I mean, well, and the unity, that's a pretty simple prayer. Yeah, and the unity implied, because that's why I said it's the only place that it said our in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it's bringing, that's what we come together and share in as God's eternal forever family, which goes into why we're even here, why he even created us and why Jesus is here. I mean, he's that, that love of family and interaction that can be eternal. That, that, that's what we're here for. You know? Yeah, exactly. And he, and then of course he goes on to say, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your your sins, meaning that the only way that you can exhibit who God really is, is to be like him. And that's what he does. And so I've always said that forgiveness comes down to faith as much as anything else, because if you really believe God has the authority and power and willingness to forgive you, how could you not forgive people? I mean, if you don't believe that, you won't. It comes back to all these other principles he's saying. You can't try to manipulate God into saying, well, I haven't done this or, you know, I haven't gotten a divorce or, but you're, you know, you're hooked on porn on the internet while your wife's in the bed, you know, and you're, you're doing this. Well, somehow or another, we as Christians in quotation marks justify that in our minds and well, I haven't had divorce. And it's the same way in forgiveness. You you want Jesus's forgiveness, but then, you know, somebody pulls in front of you or, you know, and you're like, hey, sorry, no good. I mean, all of a sudden you just come unhinged because somebody makes a mistake. And I think that's what he's he's getting. I mean, it keeps going back to the heart. He sees what is done in yep. secret. This is a relationship. I'm real. He's He's fully aware with not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And so there's no manipulation here, law manipulation on, I've kept these things, these I can work on and then justify yourself. And then in your practical daily life, you're not showing that you've been forgiven because you're not forgiving. I mean, I, 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 I just think he keeps saying different issues over and over and over and over again, which comes back to the, your relationship and the heart. I like the idea of keeping it simple. Keep it simple. Me too. And, and I hear people talk about having, you know, hours of prayer time and, and I don't look, I don't diminish that. If you have that opportunity, that's great. And somehow that helps you. But when I look at what he said about it, it seems like it's pretty simple and straightforward that a conversation with my father would be like a conversation I would have dad with you or I would have with my wife, which I'm very comfortable with having, but it doesn't have to be complex. I don't have to come in and start talking to you. Like I'm quoting Greek mythology or something. Oh, great father. You know, I mean, that's the way people view this, but he's basically said, don't do that. Don't call attention to yourself. And he does it with fasting. Right after that, he's like, don't don't make yourself look like you're going around suffering. Look, if you're going to fast because you want to work on something in your life, and Jace, you mentioned this with Missy a few weeks ago, if you want to take a period of time and really zero in and focus so you're not going to eat some certain food or you're not going to do something, he was like, keep it to yourself. Well, that's the problem. She she kept it to herself, and then I was trying to tempt her. <laughs> and 
That's right. You were were the last part of that. (laughs) She was trying to do this, and I'm like, you know, trying to upend it with some butter-flavored crappie. I mean, how could that be bad? (laughs) (laughs) I usually say when I'm praying, thank you for one more day on planet Earth, because looking forward, you're looking to this, this era will end. I look at the grub and I'm thinking, thank you for the good grub here. We're not taking it for granted. We are truly thankful that you have blessed us, that we have plenty to eat. Basically, I say that. And thank you for your love and thank you for your mercy. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just keep it simple, Al. Because it looks like to me, he doesn't want you to be long-winded or kind of show out in front of other religious people or the heathen world, he just says, keep it simple. Well, I like that's why when he brought up the father, he says it three times, your father who sees what is done in secret. So I tend to address those. Like when I'm in bed fixed to literally go to sleep, I just bring up the thoughts I had and, you know, discuss them with God in a prayer setting. Because to me that, that gives me the certainty that God is there in my faith where I don't, cause I don't want him thinking I'm trying to hoodwink him by, you know, saying one thing. And yep. So, I mean, I just do a little analysis along with thankfulness of the blessings, but I think that self awareness and analysis that God knows what I'm thinking and why I'm doing things. I, I, I can usually get into that on a, in a nightly occurrence me too and you're right jace he mentions it because he said he knows and so you don't have to report in to god he he knows he knows everything that's going on he's outside of time and space so a lot of times people view prayer as a report card like well let me tell you everything i did bad today lord yeah Uh, you know but he he got it he was there he saw he he know he knew what you why don't just say forgive me lord as i forgive others i mean it's the simplicity about it yeah, that's right. Or I need to work on that, you know. Remember that time earlier today? Yep. As I'm reflecting on that, I probably should not that's exactly have been right. thinking that. You know, I mean, those Which are Which is the way to go. That... All right, well, we're out yeah. of time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.